0: Episode 854 of The Sleeper and the Bus. It is Tuesday, September 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Sporn. I am joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir.
1: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: You know, I am uh, doing all right. But I'm starting to feel the gloom of the season being over. Because it's about over.
1: Mm.
0: And that's a bummer. You know, I talked about how we just got into high gear. And had to immediately downshift. And you know, I think we got a nice playoff coming. I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be a blast. Um, a lot of fun teams gonna be involved. I, I like that it's an expanded playoff for this year in particular, though I will say I'm not a fan of it going forward. I don't I don't need half the league in every year, but that's that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, I think we're gonna have a a a fun playoff. A lot of exciting new teams. Like we got upstart teams. We have established teams. So it's gonna be fun. But uh, you know, there was also the official announcement uh, expected, but uh, that AFL is canceled. So you know, just feeling a little bit of bum, little bummed out by that. But otherwise, I'm doing well. How about yourself?
1: Oh man, I've had a hellacious weekend. Just an absolutely hellacious weekend. My uh, my daughter got into a bicycle accident when we were camping. Uh, broke her two front teeth. Uh, uh, and, what's uh, the uh,
0: what's the latest on that? You mentioned uh, about uh, yeah, possibly she be saving them. No,
1: nah, she lost one. She may lose another, and maybe more once they do kind of deeper dive. It's uh, yeah, dental insurance sucks, by the way. Uh, I don't know who's in charge of coming up with dental insurance, but uh, yeah, it, it it absolutely sucks. So it's gonna cost me a whole bunch of money. Uh, the, on the baseball front, man, I haven't even felt like the um, impending doom of the end of the season yet because I'm just so kind of in tune and and kind of uh, kind of watching things with a hawkeye right now with my leagues, my, more my ma- my main event league. Has uh, taken a turn for the worse. I thought I had the third spot wrapped up and maybe could make a push for the, the second spot. Um, dropped all the way down to fifth last night. And then uh, Alex Dickerson's home run gave me uh, back fourth place. But Gave you life. Yeah, Dusty Wagner it went on a tear yesterday. He got like seven and a half points. Uh, that son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, Yesterday. Uh, and I lost like two or three. And so uh, it's been uh, it's now going to be a dog fight. Uh, and so well, best uh, of luck. yeah, that, that is that is the plus and minus of this season because you said you thought you had it locked up.
0: Simple fact is, nothing's locked up. Um you know, even point even Leed's double digit style coming into the last week are legitimately in a lot of leagues not locked up because the way the standings can move. You know, we were making a little bit of a move in labor. Nothing that was, I think, going to threaten Fred Zinke's top spot there, but we were making a nice move. Uh, we, we just acquired Shane Bieber, so pitching was turning around, and we're sinking like a stone the last few days, like legit seven, eight point drops, three of the last four days. Like, which I guess, again, that if it's that precarious, it means we can get it back with some big days, but so frustrating so frustrating so hopefully you hang on and uh, what else are you chasing down anything else that uh uh, that you're looking at closely day to day
1: i've got i mean a couple other leagues where i have some outside shots of uh winning a championship or or at least cashing so uh but i mean it's all at least for profitability's sake it's all going to come down to that main event if i Mm -hmm. if i cash in the main then I have a profitable season, which is what you're always shooting for. Absolutely. Uh, and if I don't, then I won't. <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it, 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 There's a lot of pressure on it, Dusty. I'm not not trying to not start putting any pressure on you, but my wife is like saying, like, you don't catch this year. I don't know if I'm. P- you're playing the main event next year, so. <laughs>
0: Oof, I tell you what, you know, that's that's my main event uh, partner. By the way, mm, I and, know. Uh, we fell on hard times in our league. I- <laughs> You know, going back to the the volatility of things. Flashback uh, uh, ten days ago, and I'm looking like, yo, I'm gonna have a nice, nice little season here. Everything fell apart, and just utterly maddening to see it happen to because uh, I'm zero control over it, hopeless to do anything. Um, you know, you just gotta play, play the good players, but. The good ones started to turn and and get and get beaten up and it and it was it was damaging. The one positive is I'm 69th overall in the Rad Slam, which means nice. Uh, I think Rudy has to give me like ten thousand dollars if I finish there. Nice. Right? They, they pay out ten thousand for 69.
1: I'm I pretty sure. I, I'm so. way low in Rad Slam, uh, and man, I really like the cutline format. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've played a lot of cutline. Uh, just this year and last. But I'm I'm a little bummed that uh they only play out the top spot in each league. Yeah. Like, I mean, like don't get me wrong, like it, it's like I'm in second place, been in second place all year in that league and I was like, Oh well I'm gonna at least cash <laughs> the other day I Psych. up and I was like, Oh, no and uh and the guy who's first in my league has been like in the top ten overall most of the year and so oh, it's like, you know. Uh, like he's, uh, I'm closer to like seventh place in, than you are him. <laughs> than I am. <laughs> Holy smokes. So, wow. Uh, but I really like the format. If you've never tried it, it's, uh, it's pretty funny, especially if you don't like making the in-season moves. Exactly. And, and, and you know, that's the beauty
0: of, um, you know, not just NFBC specifically, but, uh, def- definitely NFBC and, and fantasy baseball overall, as, as it's, um, expanded it's really created a lot of formats for your play type and everyone knows themselves best as far as what they want to do and what they're capable of doing so you can find the the structure that works best for you and uh you know some people love the end season fabbing and 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 going in on that got a format for that some people just want to draft teams and kind of let the chips fall where they may. They feel like I could put together great talent, but the ins and outs of every week picking who I should start and, and, and who I should get off the wire, I don't want to mess with that. Draft champions, cut line, there you go. So a lot of different options there but uh good luck down the stretch here good luck to everybody listening as well should be a lot of fun like i said with the with the shortened season the volatility is going to be at an all-time high mm-hmm. it's like nothing we've
1: ever seen down the stretch here still so, about I'll... a 10th of the week or the 10th of the season left i mean yeah
0: gonna <laughs> be a lot of crazy stories about how i went into friday you know uh, when the three-day weekend uh with with this deficit, and I ended up catching 15 points uh, because these guys started, and six homers here, and it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be crazy. Uh, it's going to be terrible if you're on the other side of it, but there's going to be a lot of uh, wild stories finishing. So, What we're going to talk about today, though, is some pitching. In particular, late-round pitchers who have been awesome this year, and really what we're looking at them... Uh, or how we're looking at them for next year, and it it's an interesting range of player. A couple guys we've actually talked about recently, but they continue to do well that I think it's worth revisiting. Uh, and then some, you know, cr- crusty old veterans, and then everything in between. So let's just go ahead and get started with that. And uh, let's start with a revisit because he has two more gems since we last talked about him, and that's Corbin Burns of Milwaukee. I feel like every fifth day he moves up another you know, 10, 10, 15 spots in the draft right now, as far as uh, where he might go for 2021. He has an NL best 177 ERA an MLB best 179 FIP. Thanks to an MLB best five hits per nine. He's absolutely nasty. Um, that hits per nine. You, you understand, you only have to watch Corbin Burns once to understand why he has such a great uh, hit rate because his stuff is pure filth and he altered that stuff quite a bit he made major changes to his arsenal particularly with his pitch mix uh, but also with the addition of a 93 mile an hour cutter uh, leaned into a a change up that he could trust more and then got away from his fastball which you know got beaten up last year he was a home run machine Uh, we talked about it the other day 3.1 homers per nine in 49 innings down to 0.16 he's allowed one homer this year so really, really made tangible changes, even though we're dealing with samples of 49 innings last year and 56 this year. You can see such stark and impressive changes that I think you really have something to buy into with Corbin Burns. Where where, where do you stand now with another couple good starts and probably another good one to, to be added this week? How high can you realistically take him next next year? Are you talking something like, would you get in the fourth round? Because I feel like fourth, fifth might be where he goes. Maybe even third. I, I might be underselling it. What do you think about Corbin Burns?
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see where he goes. I, I wasn't originally going to do the two early mocks this year, but I think I feel like this is like the year we really need them. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you need some help running them? Because I I want to...
0: I want them more than ever, too. So I'm glad that you yeah. say that. I def- and, I'm uh, definitely
1: going to set them up. I'm going to wait till the end of the season because uh, we've run into things in the past where uh, usually I run them on fan tracks. And if we start before the end of the season, then the end of the season ends the mocks.
0: Yes. And let's just, um, I agree with that, too. Also, because of what we just spoke about with all the volatility, people mm-hmm. are still really dialed in, even like a sixth place team has to be dialed into their league because they yep. might only be eight points out. So, yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, and where do you think he's going to go? Well, just spitballing. Do you, do you think I think
1: he's going to go in the third, fourth round. And yeah. I, I don't know that I'm going to be willing to pay that price uh, in spite of the fact that I do buy a lot of what he's doing. And, I mean, the underlying stats kind of really show that uh, – he's i mean what he's doing is legitimate i mean he gives up so little hard contact um and that is part of the reason why he's only given up that one home run uh and i mean he's not walking guys uh you know an egregious amount but i mean i mean the whip is 0.95 like that is just so insanely good i'm man like, I, I want to take another round, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to pull the trigger. The track no. record is just, uh, you know, prior to this season is just so bad that it just scares me.
0: You know, I, I understand that, but I'm pushed push back a little bit. It was last year, but 18 was really good, and that's what drove some of the interest in Corbin Burns going into 19 when he was battling with uh, Brandon Woodruff for that fifth starter's role. So, you know, I think we have, and, and they're all small samples, 38, 49, 56. So he's going to have, what, like 60, 69 innings next year, the way we're mm-hmm. the way we're tracking. But no, he'll be 26. Nice. Looking, ready to get his first full season. And I understand it's a scant track record, even if you add 18 and, and 20 together, um, you're still not even talking 100 innings. But at some point, you know, I think it was Bill James who coined the idea of signature significance, wherein a smaller sample, when it's at such a high level, um, carries the weight that that you would need from from a, a more lengthy sample because it is so good, you know, and he's talked about this with regards to like a 15 strikeout game or even like a three or four homer game uh, because of what that that can uh, convey as far as talent. And I think what we've seen here with Burns does go a long way in doing that. It's like, yeah, he's not going to go 177.95 on the ERA whip next year, but there's good reason to expect that he's going to be low 3s with a uh, you know, 1.1 type of whip and just a ton of strikeouts. So, I don't know, I got to see uh who he's going around in that third fourth area uh if he does indeed go there i think we kind of have it right with the potential draft spot for for burns to decide if i want to take him or not but uh, i'm not going to rule out taking him that early i i really i really have grown to like what i've seen this year and uh it's been very impressive so we'll see where he goes in the two early mocks and maybe the best bet for both of us is maybe just not take him and, and see where the market takes him. You know. yeah so guys sometimes you want to do that with a player just to kind of see i don't want to push him up i want to just see what happens when i leave it to everybody else
1: you know yeah i think that's he's likely and there are a number of guys on this list where i'll likely avoid during these two early mocks just to kind of see where the rest of the market kind of lands on him though i mean i do enough of the mocks that uh it shouldn't should impact it too much
0: True, true. Uh, Dylan Bundy is up next, and uh, you know we've obviously seen a very strong season out of uh, Bundy. He's gonna be with the Angels again next year. He gets another uh, another season with them. Twenty seven percent strikeout rate, six percent walk rate, leading to a three twenty nine ERA and one oh four WHIP. Did have a rough outing. Uh, two starts ago where he gave up six, five of them earned in two and two thirds against Arizona. Bounce back with a solid outing against Texas, five innings, three runs. You like something a little bit better against a team like Texas, but hey, you'll take it. It, it was not a bad bounce back, uh, but has been mostly great this year. That, that Arizona start was his only time allowing more than four earned, and he only allowed four earned uh, one other time before that. So other than that, you're looking at, uh, what do we have here? Eleven starts, nine of them three earned or fewer for Dylan Bundy. And again, tangible, legitimate changes that we can look at even in the small sample and say, hey, there was some some real growth here. Um, dialed down the fastball, which similar to Burns and even worse than Burns because of lo- the length of his track record and the fact that it's only a 91 to 93 mile an hour pitch uh, was a home run machine ball uh, over there in Baltimore for Bundy. So dialed that down to a career-low 41% 42% usage, turned it into curveball and changeup usage, amped up the slider a little bit, but has always kind of lived in that 22 to 25% where he was this year, 25%. Uh, but the change-up, jumping to a career-high 21%, curveball up to a four-year high of 12%. What do you think about Dylan Bundy? Like I said, he'll be with the Angels again unless they trade him, which I don't think they will. They still... Um, are retooling at best. They can't afford a full-scale rebuild. So you think uh, Bundy's someone you'll buy in on? And and where do you think the market's going to place them? Because for me, I don't think they'll go too crazy with it. I think enough people have been burned over his previous four years, uh, from 16 to 19, that there'll be enough fear uh, in, in a given draft, in, in a random sampling of 12 to 15 fantasy managers. I think there'll be enough uh, people in there that wanna keep him reasonable. I think Bundy's price will be fair, but what what
1: say you? Who Bundy's a tough one. I mean I made no bones about the fact that I'm not a Bundy guy. Uh He's not a Mason guy. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I totally understand that after the, the, the strong words I have uttered about Mr. Bundy. I will call him Mr. Bundy because I think he's earned the Mr. Bundy. He uh, and Nelson Lamette get on phone calls uh, mm-hmm. every every day and say,
0: he already said about us this time. Yeah. Can you believe that?
1: I don't know. It's hard. I mean, he hasn't been as sharp as he was to start the season. No, 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 no. Yeah. The and... last couple starts, a little bit rough, but that that's, that's two starts and...
0: If it was like a normal 12, uh, six-month season, I should say, we'd see that as like a little bit of a blip as opposed to – because, you know, uh, back on 9-10 when he was at Texas, seven and the third are in 12 strikeouts. So it's two it's – one bad, one mediocre start in a row, but I don't think anything to dash what we've seen throughout the year.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to come around a little bit. I still think the market is going to be considerably higher than – I am, because uh, I, I mean, there was some Bundy sleeper talk coming into the season from some pretty big names within the industry, including our, our boy, uh, Vlad Sedler, who I think predicted him to win the AL Cy Young. Um, hey, uh, you know, I was pretty high on him, too. Yeah. Really don't
0: have to go outside the pod.
1: Yeah, well, I now, mean, I, I our listeners, yeah, Young, our but... listeners know you were high on him. Uh, okay. But they also know that you're high most of the time, so like also, I, also yeah. accurate, just um, completely lit right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, I'm I- I'm definitely gonna move him up considerably from where he was last year. But like, I don't know that he's gonna crack my top 30 pitchers, um, and I think most people will have him inside of their top 30. Mm. I, you know, I- I'm very impressed by home run rate, Like mean, that's the big thing. I mean, this is a guy that really hasn't had a home run rate below 1.38 per nine his entire career, and he's pretty much cut that in half with a very nice .69. Very uh, nice. Like Burns. Again, I'm not saying that
0: they're they're a one-to-one, because Burns' stuff is nastier, particularly with, and fastball velo is much higher, but both just really cut into their home run rates this year, which has been so impressive.
1: Yeah, and I mean the the pitch the pitch mix change has is, is you know really helped contribute to uh, to Bundy's success and so I would assume that this was an organizational kind of decision you know kind of hey listen we're bringing you in and this is why we want to show you this and mm-hmm. we want you to try something and and you know and, and let's see if this works and uh, and that kind of accounts for you know a, you know a few of the added strikeouts from last year. Uh, And you know, and the lowered walk rate. I just there's something about Bundy that I just can't get on board with. And I think a lot of this is one of this is one of those name things where I think if you took away the names and just showed me the profile, I'd probably be more excited. Um, But I mean, I'm just you know, this is one of those things where I'm having a hard time getting past the name.
0: No, I you know, like I said, I think that will be pervasive uh, across at least a, a particular subsection of each league which will bring the price down a little bit, make it more affordable. And, you know, what are we thinking? Like eighth round in a 12-teamer? Or 15? I, I don't know. I was, I was looking at 12-team all morning, so I'm, I'm, I'm more on the 12-team thing than I am 15-team uh, uh, right now. But, you know, you said not not in the top 30 starters uh, for you, which I, I understand, so I'm trying to eyeball... Where that might be, let me take a look here. Uh, since eighty, since uh, NFBC mixes the two, I kind of have to go to like the fortieth starter or fortieth pitcher because they mix SP. And
1: uh, yeah, I mean, you'd that, be you'd be looking at like where Lance Lynn and Carlos Carrasco were going this year, and I st- I think that's too high for me still. Um, I think that's fair because I. It's easy
0: to say now, but I can say coming in that I I felt better about Lynn than I think I do right now about Bundy, and I and I like Bundy, like I am very pro Bundy, so I think you're right on that, and I had Lynn 27th, so I think that's uh, that's a fair assessment, and um, I will be open to drafting him as far as the two early mocks go, because again I don't think it'll be too high, I don't think I'll be setting a market rate that is well beyond what others. Uh, We'll be setting, but he could be an interesting pickup for sure. We'll kind of see where he goes. This next one, let's stay in the West and talk about Marco Gonzalez. Now, I think I'll just cut to the chase on the the pick. I think he's going to be affordable just because of the lack of overwhelming strikeout rate. It's going to keep people cautious on Marco Gonzalez, and I don't think that they should be. So I'll be glad to take him. Make sure that I'm pairing him with some strikeout studs like Corbin Burns to kind of build that padding, so that even if he drops off of his 8.2 mark from this year, uh, a career high I might add for Marco Gonzalez, and goes back to say six five of last year or the seven eight of 2019 or t- 2018, excuse me, then I'll be fine with that because I will have I will have constructed the rotation to absorb that. But he's been fantastic. And uh, he's buoyed by an MLB best 0.8 BB9. He's walking nobody. Literally, he's allowed more homers, 8, than walks, 6. And, uh, you know, the thing of it is, the reason I said that it'd be foolish to let him go too far is this isn't out of nowhere. He's been good each of the last two years. Now, he's been better this year in a 10-start run compared to the 34 and 29 of the two years before. But he's kind of shown himself to be... A solid four ERA with a decent whip. Uh, The whip got a little bit high last year because his walk rate for him was a little high at two and a half. Most guys would take that easily, but he's been known as kind of a a, uh, control guy. But I am impressed with what I've seen out of Marco Gonzalez. I was actually a pretty big fan coming into last year, so this this is kind of a carryover thing. For me, and well, I was able to get him pretty cheap, and we, we, you know, we actually have him on the main event team. Been enjoying what he's been able to do here. I don't think that we've seen anything in his profile that has drastically changed. I think this is just kind of the, the, uh, the, the, the run good of what his profile can offer. So if this were a six month season, and we were talking about this like going into June, I'd say, yeah, he'll probably smooth out a bit and come i I would project him for more of like a mid to high threes the rest of the way um but overall i'm happy to take marco gonzalez i believe in him he'll be 29 next year you know what you're getting favor the whip decent era and and uh cover the strikeouts because if the rate goes back you'll be fine what do you think about marco
1: gonzalez I mean i like marco gonzalez a lot and i think part of the reason he is kind of so underrated is because he pitches in seattle yes
0: that definitely hides him a bit
1: like i i, I don't i wrote him up last night um in the uh in the road to write up uh or or this morning i guess technically um you know because he had that such a great game uh that he threw last night against the astros and uh, in a game where the Astros, I think, really <laughs> needed to win, um, he he's just been so amazing with the control. And I mean, he's always had good control, but it's it's not been to this uh, this level. And I mean, I there are some warning signs with him. I mean, he does let people barrel it up. Uh, he doesn't strike people out. Uh, you know, so but I mean, he keeps you know the hard hit. Uh, percentage in a respectable area. The exit velocity is you know, um, you know, 80th percentile. Uh, f- you know, for pitchers, which is great. I think um, you know. I think the fact that he is in Seattle and you know he's on this team that people just don't really pay attention to, at least from a pitching standpoint, uh, will kind of keep him still under the radar. Like I don't like I said like like you said. Uh, I don't think he's going to break the bank. Um, and he's very much like this next guy where, uh, you yeah. know, it, it's maybe, I, I love not... how you say that. let's bring him in because, yeah.
0: uh, I call him right-handed Marco Gonzalez. And I, I was using that in the context of, uh, here's my MLB, the show reference for the, for the episode. Um, we saw Marco Gonzalez go to from a silver to a gold, and I was telling people, "Hey, Zach Davies is probably going to do the same thing. He's right-handed, Marco Gonzalez, and he did. So they both got into the uh, the gold tier with their card. But yeah, that same exact kind of profile where it's it's walk driven, and he's spiking a big strikeout rate this year. In fact, he actually has the same 8.2 uh, and 23% if you if you prefer that. I do cite there per nines." Because of uh, the fact that they have it, their their strikeout rate is still useful to look at, but I like to cite the per nine because their walk rate can can push their their K rate to a level that makes you think it's better than it is uh, just based on the denominator there. But uh, ERA 2.69, very nice. 101 WHIP, walks a few more than, than Gonzalez, but the same idea of limiting walks. Limiting hard contact, keeping the ball in the yard at a solid clip. He's kind of around that one homer per nine rate, which is fine because he doesn't put guys on base. And yeah, they're they're right there. He's with a more high profile team in San Diego, but um, still not
1: getting the love.
0: Yeah, exactly. Should he go right around the uh, right around the same pick there? If you if you if you miss on one, do you just take the other and say, hey, I got my uh, I got my soft
1: tossing uh, whip asset here mm-hmm. uh i mean you know the most surprising part about zach davies is what he's 27 like oh, wow <laughs> i thought he would have been much older like 32 yeah he just Feels seems like, like he's just been, been in the league forever fan. yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean i think you know for davies i think the park change has been huge for him yes i think that that's definitely played a role and
0: you know, I like what the Brewers do. I think they maximize their pitching. Mm-hmm. But I think I think I would totally agree with you here that uh, while San Diego is not as pitching helpful as it's been in past years, it's certainly better than Miller Park. Yeah. And so I think that this helps Davies for sure.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, you know, both these guys have benefited from a schedule that has uh, been fairly soft in, in the Western divisions. Uh, that being said, like I, I do buy a lot of what they do now. There, I I think there's more risk with Davies than there is oh, uh, with uh, with Gonzalez. In spite of the fact that I think it was Eno said that uh, Davies was like one of the top pitchers on the command plus metric. Um, so you'll have to go back and, I think, check out one of uh, the, the Rates and Barrels previous episodes to get that exact wording. But, um, you know, I mean, you go and look at his stat cast page and uh, it's all blue, which is uh, a bit surprising. Yeah, I think uh, it's a little bit surprising. But um, and I, I do worry that maybe uh, this is a little bit more of a, a flash in the pan than uh, Gonzalez's. That being said, you know he's done a very good job of not loading up the bases uh, with free passes in the past. So like, I do think that this is a guy that could keep some of this, uh, these gains. Um, he's probably more of a mid threes guys, obviously than a, you know, 2.69 ERA guy, mm-hmm. but another one of these guys that can really help your whip uh, and later in a draft. Cause I don't think he's going to get the hype that, you know, a lot of other uh, pitchers have gotten. So uh, you know, I think the, one of these guys are like you know your SP fives, um, and I think they're a pretty decent value at that point.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And you know, Davies, uh, like I said, doesn't have quite the exemplary walk rate uh, of Gonzalez, particularly this year with the two percent compared to to seven percent, and his strikeout rates before this year were all in the teens. At least Gonzalez. Yes, he had 17 last year, but 21 the year before. Uh, he's actually, you know, shown a little bit more strikeout capability. But overall, same type of guy. I agree. I think Davies is less likely to draw the attention. He's actually, you know, you bring up the age thing. That makes him younger than Gonzalez, he is. by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. That that's kind of that's kind of the interesting thing there. But I really do think these two should be going near each other, Marco Gonzalez and Zach Davies. I am open to taking one of them. Uh, particularly if I've built my rotation to take on somebody who might only strike out somewhere in the, uh, the six and a half to seven and a half range per nine. I forgot Gonzalez
1: Uh, signed that long-term deal too.
0: Yeah. He's got a nice
1: deal with, uh, with
0: um, Seattle there, four years, 30 mil and a 2025 option. So he's there. And, you know, you mentioned at the outset of this, this combo with these guys, that uh, Seattle doesn't get a lot of attention, pitching-wise, that could be changing very soon. Um, you know, Marco Gonzalez, you say Kikuchi has done some things here, shown some flashes. Justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn, two young guys that that have also shown some flashes, and what they have on the horizon. Is particularly interesting with uh, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, and then their their drafty this year, Emerson Hancock. So they might they may soon become a pitching haven, and then uh, with with Dylan Moore and Kyle Lewis leading the charge offensively. Watch out, Mariners could be uh, could be doing some things, but uh, we need to kind of pick up the pace here. So let's dive in to our next guy, and that is going to be Aaron Savale. Yes, let's actually put the the two Cleveland Indian guys together. Aaron Savali, Zach Plesak. Savali actually is the highest uh, draft pick on this list. He was around the, the mid-200s. I think 230 was his uh Rotowire Online Championship Sprint ADP. And so, yeah, he was the highest guy here. I'd originally put Heaney on, but he was inside the top 200. And we know you love Heaney. It, frankly, we probably didn't have to include Savali, but we kept it at an, a nice even 10. So Savali and Plesak coming in together. Uh, They've both been fantastic this year, and you you think about the pitchers that uh, Cleveland doesn't have anymore, and they've still been so good pitching-wise, with Kluber being traded off, Bauer being traded off, Clevenger being traded, and was hurt for, for part of the year, too. And yet here they are still with one of the best rotations in the league. And it's in due in large part to what these two guys have been doing. Now, Savalle has been a little bumpy lately. So his ERA has been boosted up to 399 But you still got to be happy with everything you've gotten from him at that draft price. $126 whip, uh, just under strikeout per inning at 65 in his 70 innings of work. Um, I really love him. You know, I was clear about that coming into the season solid six inning guy has not gone fewer than six in any outing this year love to see that uh bring please into the mix too he's obviously been awesome like over the top even quite a bit better than savali uh with what what he's done we know you know he got in trouble for being a dipshit uh uh, but 185 era and 0.78 whip he's come back clearly the talent hasn't taken a hit so he served his punishment so to speak he's come back he's been awesome home dude's going seven per in just about every start uh only two times he hasn't gone at least seven innings and those are still both six innings during which he only gave up one run uh one earned run combined in those two starts so he's been awesome as well i think police will leapfrog savali going Mm -hmm. into next year's drafts but i think both will go in the top what,
1: 35 starters? 40? Uh, I, think I don't 30. know that Savale will. I mean, Savale's been pretty rough over the last month. I disagree uh, with that. He's been. Since, the, since he threw that complete game uh, against Pittsburgh, like I think on August 17th, he has a 5 ERA. Um,
0: yes, he does. But here's the thing. Look at the game log there.
1: You got the five earned (laughs) at
0: St. Louis. Other than that, there's a couple fours in there too. I think what this highlights, looking at it, they're all six innings and outings with three, five, two, four, two, four. Tells you that a five ERA isn't really as awful as we think it Like is. I'm not saying it's good. It's not helping your team. But when you see that those are the starts that make up a five ERA – it tells you how precarious ERA can be because he's, you know, he's a couple runs from being right where he needs to be.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I want to clarify. I'm not saying he shouldn't be. I'm saying, I don't think he will be. I think um, the Cleveland pitching I,
0: factory is going to boost his, his yeah. price this year or, I mean, or 2021.
1: I think this is the volatility you see from a guy who doesn't necessarily have like, a, you know, an elite velocity fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is sometimes what you're going to get. Uh, that being said, like, he does a really good job of limiting hard contact, does a good, you know, good job of limiting, uh, you know, exit velocity and, and people from barreling up his pitches. I, I think he probably deserves to be a top 35 starter coming into next year. I do wonder if people will... You know, see kind of the surface numbers and be a little bit more afraid. I'm a little bit more afraid of act than I am. Of oh, do tell. I, I just worry about the home runs. You know, still, and I, and I love the there. strikeouts. But, yep. I mean, you know, the, the last game, you know, it came against the Tigers. So, it's like, we're not really, are we really going to... Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me, sir? Pardon me? Yeah, exactly. So, so you're not blown away
0: by his... Uh... He returned on September 1st, Police mm-hmm. Act did. You're not blown away
1: by facing KC twice and Detroit once, and mm-hmm. then his and only then, and, and bad then getting, start being yeah. against Minnesota. <laughs> getting destroyed against Minnesota. I mean, the thing I love about act is he just doesn't walk guys. Uh I mean, exactly. He's only so given it, up four walks this season. It limits that home
0: run damage. Yeah. And he's also made tangible uh mix changes as well, dropping the fa- fastball rate from 51 to 38%, pouring it all into the slider mostly. Well, not all uh not literally all but uh big time into the slider going from 19 to 27% he's thrown another five ticks into the changeup at 26% as well uh like you said the walk rate just been excellent would you say he's walked four all year mhm he's only must allowed two x as many homers he's allowed seven homers and so uh but but when you don't walk anybody you don't give up hits those homers aren't as damaging he's um, also
1: gotten super lucky in like the Strand rate and the Babip department, um, and I mean, so it's. I just I do worry that you know some of those things normalize, and I mean, obviously, lucky are
0: unsustainable though. Lucky suggests that he hasn't des- deserved it, and maybe a little both. I, I think of both. it's a distinction worth making because. You talk about how he's, you know, he's not walking guys. He's made an arsenal change where mm-hmm. he's getting a fifteen percent swinging strike rate. Yeah, thirty-six uh,
1: percent O swing.
0: Yeah, like I, I think he's earned a down. lot of it. You know, yeah, ninety-nine percent left on base rate. Yeah, and that's that's because a lot of his runs have been via the homer, mm-hmm. which does not, yeah. uh, you know, factor into that. And same with the Babbitt. By the way, homers do not count in Babbitt. So. You know, those factors are a little bit misleading, but you look at the FIP, we're looking at a 331 and you know, what what would you what would you project for a police act? Do you do you think he can be a three thirty-one ERA guy or are you pushing it higher?
1: I for, think for I'd push year? it higher. I think I would probably say he's more like a 3.7 type guy.
0: Hey, I think I I think projections might end up being a bit lower well maybe not projections because they're gonna have to still include in 2019 quite a bit through 116 innings there he's only gonna get to about 55 this year um do you think he's a top 30 consensus pitcher
1: i think he please say. i think he's pretty close if not it, just inside the top 30 yeah would you take him there then if, no. if you got him at a 370 you're saying no right okay. no i don't okay. think i would
0: okay um so at their assumed price. Let's say Savali would probably be like 40, 40 mm-hmm. to 45 range. You'd rather take Savali than at, at, at price?
1: Yeah. I I if I'm going to get him let's say three rounds later, I'd I'd rather have Savali.
0: Okay. Hey, don't got to twist my arm. Like mm-hmm. You like said, you know, that's my guy. I love him. And even though he has been. And again, I want to be clear, I'm not trying to say a 5 ERA is good. Uh Mm-hmm. if i sounded defensive on that i was not trying to be i also want to be
1: clear too as we talk about this is i i don't know what kind of consensus is we are going to have coming off this short season i think adps are going to be all over the place as
0: wild the most wild mm-hmm. we've ever seen yeah. especially in the two early mocks that you know and then from the two early mocks if you do those in october and mm-hmm. then somebody either yourself or or like uh, nick pollock does another re-rack of of mocks in december just the difference in those couple months i think is going to be vast it's going to be bananas people are going to take their own valuations off these two months some people are going to have their dialing things up way up others are going to be really cautious with it it's going to create a lot of insanity to be honest so uh we've got four more guys in just about 12 minutes so we're gonna we're gonna speed through i think the last two will be they're veterans. We kind of know where they are. I think these next two are the two I kind of want to dial in on a bit and see where you're at with them. Let's start with Chris Bassett out in Oakland. Um, he's just continued to perform, and I, I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do. Uh, am, am I? Do I raise him up in my ranking 10 extra spots because he throws a 69-mile-an-hour curveball? <laughs> Maybe I do, Justin. Maybe I freaking do, my guy. But uh, I think it's valid. <laughs> so he's taken uh, 10 points off of his fastball. Now, this isn't completely new, though. Uh, he's gone from 65 to 55, but he was at 57, 59, 56 the three years before this. Uh, so he's, he's definitely been somebody who gets away from his fastball, particularly when he feels like it's not working. This year, he's incorporated a cutter. Now, looking at his pitch types on Fangraphs. I see that last year he had an an 88-mile-an-hour slider. This year he has an an 88-mile-an-hour cutter. I'm wondering if that's just the same pitch. But he does have a 3% slider usage at 75 miles an hour for us this year. So I don't know. I don't know that he's necessarily added a pitch, even though that's exactly what it looks like. I think there's been some alteration in his mix by getting away from from the fastball again. But I'm, I'm reluctant to say new pitch either way. I don't need it to be a new pitch because the results are there. He's been sharp. 257 ERA, 121 whip. Uh, Keeping the ball in the yard after some troubles last year at a 1.31 homer per nine. I like the .96. Anything, like I said, one or below, I can deal with, especially if you don't walk, guys. He has a 7% walk rate. Now, he's not a strikeout guy, 21%. Um, he had a 23% last year Bassett did. And I think it was, he started with a lot of strikeouts early and everyone's was like, Ooh, do we have something different here? And there were some changes, but they didn't really hold. He kind of came back to the pack with that and he'll give you seven, eight in, in a good handful of outings, but he's going to have those outings where he gets three, four, um, even in six, seven innings too for Bassett because he doesn't, he's not strikeout dependent. He can get them when he's at his best, but he doesn't rely on them, so he'll be 32 next year. I think he should maintain a spot with Oakland um, because he he does still have another year with them. Do we like Chris Bassett for next year? And
1: if so, how much? I don't. Uh, and this is um you know this is Jason's guy, Jason Colette, uh, coming into the season couldn't stop talking about Chris Bassett and. Uh, I'm sure Jason has... dividend. Yeah, he's profited a ton off of him because I think he drafted him in just about every league that wasn't NL only. Um, I just, I mean, go look at the StatCast data and it's like all blue, all blue. Um, and I don't know that he's made any real considerable changes to his profile. And I don't know that his rotation spot is going to be locked in for next year, especially if he struggles. I think this is largely a factor of his strength of schedule or there the lack of literature. Let's, let, let's talk about who he's played. He started off with the angels, then the Mariners, then Houston, who has not been very good this year, then the angels, then Arizona, then the angels, then Houston, then Houston, then, Houston, then Texas, then San Francisco.
0: You know, Giants,
1: one of the best teams on that list. So they've been really good, dude. <laughs> they have been. Um, like been and he, legitimately. They, he blanked them the other day. Like it was. Yeah. I mean, he he. I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that like his stuff was absolutely filthy or anything. It was they they just have really struggled. As I will
0: say, um you know, getting the angels that often is not a walk in the park. They've actually had mm-hmm. a top ten offense this year but to your point the Astros 18th in WRC+ and uh noticeably absent from that list was the Padres he's avoided mm-hmm. and, Padres the Dod- and the Padres and the Dodgers two best yeah teams no trips to coors so that certainly helps there to your point uh, i think that's fair to bring up that he may not might not have the spot lazardo montas manaya puck but then i think he's got an opportunity to get it is fires Locked in. Is he still – is he under contract or – let me see here.
1: That's a good question. I They've got know
0: him. That. No, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. So Mike Miner. He's gone. Mike still. Miner's gone. He was a rental. Okay. So, um, you know, he – I think he'll start the season with one. Uh, Bassett will. So we'll see where that goes. You know, because I don't even think we can necessarily trust Puck to be having a spot with, with his health issues. But he's not – some locked in, untouchable. You're getting
1: 34 starts. Um, I mean, he's never had
0: 34. 25 I mean, is his max. He last only
1: year. was in the rotation this year because of the injury issues. Exactly. You know, Lizardo had to start the year slow. Puck got hurt.
0: But he took advantage. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he hasn't given up more than four in any outing. Now, a couple of those were short inning outings. So four and runs, like in three innings at Houston, you know, that's that was still pretty bad. But, uh, you know, I, I'm with you that I'm not necessarily – I'm certainly not buying it on 257 ERA. No, I look at his skip of 385, and I think that that's the best. Like that's best-case scenario as I'm putting him for a high threes. Uh, the, the ERA whip combo does not match up with a 121 whip, and that tells me that the ERA is going up. The thing of it is I don't think his price will be anywhere – high at all
1: no i think it's gonna be super low and i think he's gonna be worth the gamble if he is in the rotation like i just don't think people i mean i think he probably goes outside of the top 50 starters which is where oh, yeah. he should go for sure but at yes. that point why not just take the gamble on it uh and see if he can do this again or at least do it for a short stretch
0: so, i think it sounds like you'll be more inclined to take him in february march when you know that he has the spot versus mm-hmm. yes, these for sure fall mobs okay I think that's fair. Uh, let's move on. I want—I do want to talk some t- Tony Gonslin, and then we have two veterans to hit on pretty quickly at the end. There, um, Gonslin, you know know—didn't have an, a spot coming in, but uh, our boy Ross Stripling, just boy, awful this year, awful, and it's, it's an absolute bummer. But he did not—he did not pitch well, and I, I wore that—that's for sure, because I got him pretty much everywhere I could. Uh, but Gonslin, after a nice little 40-inning sample last year. Has 40 and two-thirds this year. He's been even better. 177 ERA, .79 whip. He's been fantastic. He misses bats. He doesn't walk, guys, uh, particularly this year. He had a 9% last year. He's shaved it in half to 4.6. Batting average against, 177 last year, 174 this year. So you look at the low BABIPs, and you have to feel like he's he's very much contributing to it. He's amped the VLO up to 95, up from 93.7. Um, you know he works that split finger very nicely at a 31% clip. He has got a great feel for it. He's gonna be 27 next year. Is Tony Gonsolin somebody we can trust? I know it's only been 80 and two thirds, but he's been so good. Is this is this a legit starter for 2021?
1: I think it is. I mean, I think the Dodgers will trust him too. I think they'll have a spot for him. I, I mean, I, they've been kind of put in this position where they've had to trust him um and you don't go from having to trust the guy and then him shoving for you to okay going back to the bullpen or going back to the minor leagues or uh um, yeah i, I think I mean, if any
0: team can do that it is the dodgers but sure. i don't think they will
1: like with gonsolin they I don't think have a- the rotation depth that they did
0: well not yet i'm thinking with an offseason to work with that
1: they'll develop some more, but yeah, I, mean,
0: I, guess I don't they think that's could. going to impede Gonsolin. I think he's going to get a real opportunity to be in a 34 mm-hmm. start type of guy next year.
1: Yeah, I think he is in this rotation next season, and I think uh, the, the question is, where does he go? Uh, and that's going to be uh, interesting, because I think some of what he's done has been kind of uh, under the radar. Is is under ra- radar? You can be pitching for the Dodgers. For the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's come later in the season because he didn't have a rotation spot. He, you know, he had to work out of the bullpen sometimes, uh, and uh, and he got sent between that alternate training site. Uh, you know, a fair amount. So, like, I think he is probably not going to have the hype of like a Dustin May on his same oh, team. Yeah. Uh, but I think he should, because I think I'd he, prefer Gonsolin. I was just about to say, I think he's better for fantasy. May yep. may be the better overall pitcher, fantasy wise. I, I think Gonsolin is the guy. I'd, I think I'd prefer coming in next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, and until we see May develop a strikeout pitch, exactly.
1: Like
0: I know, th- I know those two steamers and sinkers are are hot. I love that pitching ninja uh, gives them for us because they're great to look at, but it's not a swing and miss kind of pitch. In fact, in a lot of cases, it's kind of easy to lay off for guys because it's so nasty um, that that they don't swing at it. But anyway, I really like Gonsolin. I'm eager to see where he goes. Um, I'm working on my rankings for, for next year. I know I never put up an update this year. I just never got around to fully finishing it. And then by the time I got pretty close, I was like, well, there's like 10 days left. No one wants this. So the 2021 ones will be out relatively soon. And uh, I have not slotted Gonsolin yet, and I'm really eager to kind of see where he's going to fit because I believe in him. I really, really like him, and I'm 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 eager for a full season of Gonsolin. Uh Kevin Gosman and Adam Wainwright. Uh, I'm not pairing them like they're not similar, but th- these are the two veterans here that we have at the end. Gosman, you know, coming in, it was definitely prove it to me because it, when y'all when your Giants were putting him back in the rotation, I was a little bit bummed. I was like, I don't know. I think this. I think this. Uh, um, relief role works. Maybe she should just leave well enough alone. Well, I was wrong. He's been great uh, as a starter and and having one of his best years yet really actually leaning on his changeup more than ever. And that's great. It's given him a, a true third pitch. He's never really thrown it more than a show-me rate of 6%. Uh, this year up to 14%. And it, he's been great. 32% strikeout rate, 7% walks. Uh, the homers are still an issue. But with, with the fact that he's not allowing nearly as many hits, career best 7.2 hits per nine, they haven't been as damaging. Um, so, where are you taking a 30 year old Gosman next year? And did y'all only sign him to a one year? Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, he's year, a so free agent. So, I think we don't know where
1: he's going to be. It's going to largely depend on where he ends up for me. Yeah, um, that's
0: fair. That's absolutely fair.
1: That being said, I do... I mean, I've always been a Gosman guy. Like, Mm this is... This is, like, the antithesis of Dylan Bundy, his former teammate. uh, Where, you know, Bundy, you know, it's like, Hey, you burned me three or four times. I'm done with you. It's like, Gosman, like, I I just... I am. I'm ready to be hurt again. Um, (laughs) Cheats on you constantly, and you're like, you know... (laughs) I I, sh- I shouldn't have I shouldn't have uh, done yeah. the things I did to let let him oh. cheat on me. <laughs> you know, 15% swinging strike rate this year. Um, awesome. And like while the homers, you know, still a little bit of an issue. Uh, let's not forget that like the park has not pl- has played pretty uh, nicely for home runs this year in, in San Francisco. <laughs> and I think people, you know, need to be uh, reminded about that because. I still see people talking about, "Hey, I'm going to stream this guy in San Francisco. It's a great idea." Like, no, mm-hmm. it's it's really not. Um, so, uh, and, not and, 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 and yeah, and that may change coming into next year because they'll be able to shut that gate uh, or uh, open up that gate that helps kind of like bring in some of the uh, the uh, air. Uh, yeah, that, that was
0: changing some mm-hmm. of the wind patterns there. If you guys don't know mm-hmm. what happened, uh, particularly favorable to left-handed hitters, and that's why you're seeing guys like Brandon Belt, Ustremsky do some good things at home. Uh, but we don't even know if he's going to pitch there, uh, mm-hmm. because he is a free agent. But he does seem like I think the Giants should consider putting him on a three-year deal. Uh, you know, he'll be 30. 30 to thirty-two is not a bad time to sign somebody like this who's always had talent. I think. I really mean, I I up. think
1: he he may get kind of screwed because I think they may qualifying offer him. Uh, yeah. You know, because they they they'll want to get something from if he does go sign a long-term deal. Because even if he takes it. 18 He's gonna, mil is not the have, end of the world. You him. have to take it, right? Like if, you, if you're him, yes. Because no one's gonna want to give up the draft pick compensation. And you
0: double your rate.
1: Yeah. I think like you, you made nine So Maybe maybe he is in San Francisco. Which isn't like I said, I, I think it'll the park will play a little bit more neutral uh next year, uh, if not back to being a little bit more of a pitcher's park than hitters park. Um, and so I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to be in on Kotsman because I don't think – I think this is one of those people like Bundy for me where people are just like, no, never again.
0: Yeah, and I, I wasn't never again, but I was like, show me. And I got him in one draft champions because I'm a sucker and I just can't quit him. But as far as the, the other uh, more standard drafts, I, I, I was like, nah, I'm going to keep passing. Even though the price was fair, I just didn't love that he was going back in the rotation. I was like, I've done this too many times. Uh, but I, I should have stuck with him. I will say, though, I was able to pick him up off the free agent wire in, in one set league because he wasn't even drafted uh, because I think he was relieved. Or no, maybe he was drafted and then cut because wasn't he relieving to start the season? And even though it was like an extended relief outing, it was like, ah, I don't want to relief Gosman. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, got, I do have him in two leagues this year, but uh, hey, I'm eager to see where he goes because I really do like him. Let's finish with Wainwright, the 38-year-old, has a 305 ERA, 102 whip, uh, strikeout rate at 22%, walk rate at six. The big difference is the seven hits per nine, which is a career best. Wow, <laughs> that's shocking. I was trying to count the years and then it's like, wait, no, it's literally a career best. Don't think that's going to last. 244 Babip, also a career best. 211 uh, batting average against. What the hell's going on here, Justin? How is Adam Wainwright doing this?
1: I don't know. Like I literally like, no pitch mix changes. Yeah, nothing has changed in the no pitch. Mix. Uh I mean not, I mean he's still he's got, you know, his ground ball rate's a little bit down, fly ball rate is a little bit up. Um I maybe I need to go check his statcast data and and see maybe if we're seeing something interesting there. Barrel
0: rates the same, hard hit rates the same. What the hell? Maybe there's a an approach change that we'd have to dig deeper for to yeah. see, you know, sequencing, pitching backwards. I don't know, but the 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 He's getting on uh, top
1: of hitters, that's for sure. I mean, he's got a 67% first pitch strike rate, which is the highest of his career and not particularly close.
0: So that's the, yeah okay. So that that's definitely a big deal. Any thirty-two percent chase rate mm-hmm. is a a five-year high for him, up from twenty-six percent last first year. For having, Wayne, right. First
1: time having a double-digit swing strike rate in his career. Like yep. this is so weird coming from <laughs> from Wainwright. From yeah, a guy who is like seventy-four years old. Um, I mean, I, I don't anticipate. I one, I assume the Cardinals will re-sign him. Yeah. Um, because he is a free agent. Uh, oh, never mind. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was I was
0: looking at something that um was on his page that said he triggered a twelve million dollar vesting option, but it was in relation to Andrew Miller. Yeah, so I don't Miller, know why it's yeah. on Wainwright's page. My bad. Go ahead. So you think they'll resign him? I think he should walk you know, I don't wanna tell somebody to retire when they think they have juice in the tank, but might not be a bad idea to just ride off into the sunset on such a great season, but I think it'll go the other way. It'll encourage him to say, "I've still got juice." Oh, you know, sign me to a three-year deal.
1: <laughs> but
0: obviously, he'll go year to year. I think he'll still sign with St. Louis as well. I agree. W- will you take him next year? Is there a price?
1: I mean, there's always a price, and okay, because but, he's but- because will be he'll be 40. Or you know he'll be in his age forty season next year. It's um, thirty nine season. He'll he'll probably turn
0: forty during. Yeah, it. He, he just, 39 he, just right turned, he just turned
1: he just turned thirty nine uh, late last month. So, um, yeah, I mean I think he'll be a reserve pitcher. Yeah, he'll be a reserve pitcher. Uh, some some someone will take him probably before I do. But uh, you know you you kind of see how the schedule lines up early on, and if it's a nice start to the season. Um, you know, he, he won't get to a f- pitch against the AL Central, so that may hurt a little bit. Let's see his strength schedule. Maybe that's you know, he's only Ooh, faced the yeah. Cubs once. Um He's faced Kansas City twice, Pittsburgh once. Pittsburgh only once. Cincinnati yeah. twice. Um yeah, I mean it's it, it's his worst outing. He, uh, earn run. Wise. We'll talk to Matt Thompson. Tell, have him tell me what he he's seen. Yeah, you know he's, he's eager card- to see what he thinks. Cardinal KC Somber. got
0: him for the most four runs. His, yeah.
1: his, his four earned. His only
0: time above three was against KC. Hilariously enough, and his um,
1: one of one of his two three earned runs hurts was against KC as well. They're, they're
0: owning him, mm-hmm. so he's, he's not taking advantage of, of Take that. Take out
1: those KC starts, and he's, you know, Cy Yuck. Young winner. And he's he's sub three, ch- challenging mm-hmm. for the Cy. I mean, the ba- well, the, the like BABIP is, you know, 244, so. I love
0: when a guy like this uh, just has pops. a season
1: like this. It's fun.
0: It's fun to watch. It's uh,
1: probably one of those things where if this was a full season, like, sell, it,
0: sell, 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 sell. yeah,
1: it would have all gone to shit, you know, yep. um, and there's I, just I not enough time.
0: Or at least bounced back to, like, a 430
1: the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, so, something like that. Maybe not gone completely to hell in a handbasket, but...
1: We'd be saying, like, you know, just wait for that start where it goes bad, and then that's when you drop them.
0: Vargas rule, as Nick Pollock calls it. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- referring to the Jason Vargas season a few years ago, where he had two months of really good work, and it eventually fell apart. And that's, I think, what would happen here, because the bad would eventually find its level... Um, and, and he would smooth out a bit, but hey, it's been two months. It's been great for Wayno, good for him. Uh, we'll see if he can keep it up in the playoffs. I root for it, the success because it's fun to watch. But I will not. I, I don't see myself rostering him next year, even even with fair prices. Like, because I, I just I don't see much value there. But uh, I did want to bring him up because he has been so good. And there we go. Ten guys that uh, were drafted late who've been performing really well. Mixed bag there. Some guys were in on. Some guys were out on. We'll see where I rank all 10 of these guys when I put out my 2021 rankings. Justin, on Thursday, we will set up the weekend. We'll talk about uh, hitters and pitchers to stream over that final three-game stretch there. And uh, until then, I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.